Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is our third and final hour of Live Bet Saturday, presented by BetMGM, as we welcome you back talking all things college football on a very, very busy Saturday. I'm Ben Wilson from Mandalay Bay. We have our crew from around Las Vegas, Paul Stone with us from Circa, Jeff Parles at South Point, and you are all in for a treat because we have three more plays to be given out from Paul for the late-night game still to come later on this hour. Uh, to start off with, though, we have a halftime line to give you out, at least and get a breakdown here, on a very low-scoring output in Waco right now, Jeff. Oklahoma State up 16-3 on Baylor at the half. And this was a game that was lined 55 and a half. So the Bears, Jeff, doing nothing right now. Uh, what have you made of this struggle of an output here for the Bears through two quarters in Waco? Uh, what I've made of it is that the two best defenses they've seen this year, arguably the two best defenses they've seen, Iowa State's defense is pretty good. Uh, their play calling just hasn't been as good as we saw last week in Ames. Uh, Shapin has struggled so far today. And Oklahoma State has taken full advantage. Uh, and it's not like Oklahoma State's offense has done much here. They're sub five yards of play right now. So uh, this is really a story of the Cowboy defense playing a phenomenal game on the road. I wouldn't do anything with this in the second half, Ben. I think I have the wrong side with Baylor. I'm not going to try to come back with them in the second half. I don't see it from their offense today. Blake Shapin just 14 of 20, 107 yards as Oklahoma State had a safety in this game. A fewest points at home for Baylor in a first half in two years. At least for the second half line, it is Baylor minus one or one and a half down by 13. So you're looking at either 11 and a half or 12 there on that adjusted full game spread. 24 and a half your total at this point. So you're looking at 43 and a half right now. Far cry from that 55 and a half. And Paul, you were also on the same side as Jeff there pregame. Uh, with Baylor, is it pretty much the same uh, same analysis for you looking at the play calling or anything else that stuck out to you when you've seen how that first half has played out? Yeah, Baylor's been pretty anemic offensively, as Jeff pointed out. Uh, you know, total domination in the first half uh, by Oklahoma State. I think Baylor's going to have to come out and uh, exert itself if it's going to get back in this uh, ball game. You know, one thing, you always look at a handicap from both sides. You have to you know, look at both sides of the ledger, so to speak. And one of the things I was a little bit leery of, and it's just more of a, a technical or situational thing, but Mike Gundy is an underdog. Is uh, He's performed quite well in that role, and he looks like he's going to add another one uh, 
to uh, to to the win column there, perhaps mm-hmm. if uh, the Cowboys continue to play as they have to this point. So very impressive uh, showing for Oklahoma State. You know, we really didn't know exactly who they were because they hadn't been tested yet. But an outstanding first half on the road in Waco. Not only, Paul, great as an underdog, Mike Gundy, but if you even extrapolate that out to just games that were lined under four, even in spots where Oklahoma State would say a very short favorite, Mike Gundy is 13-3, and three, last 16 in spots like that, and over the past decade plus, 12-2 and two in those spots when they've come on the road. So everything you're talking about, very much true, and Mike Gundy's Oklahoma State Cowboys have been up to the task so far. We'll let you know how the market populates on that for the halftime line, but as of now, a little bit of money coming into Baylor thinking the Bears can get back into this one, laying a point or a point and a half for the second half. One more halftime line. We'll get Jeff's thoughts on this, and then we'll get another preview here from Paul with a game coming up in about a half hour. But, Jeff, very slow start in Happy Valley for Penn State. We talk about some of these teams, in even in conference, laying huge numbers. Sometimes you can sleepwalk. It looked, Jeff, like Penn State was doing that. Scoreless through a quarter. They put up two touchdowns, though, against Northwestern, bringing a 14-0 halftime lead at the moment right now. And laying 11 for the second half, just shy of that pregame number that went off as a full 26 for the Nittany Lions at home. I actually don't mind laying it, Ben. I really don't. Uh, let's, let's have fun with numbers real quick. Uh, Northwestern, who, by the way, I, I will say this. I love Pat Fitzgerald. He's an excellent coach. It is. I know they don't have a lot of talent, but his team has looked like a poorly coached team ever since that win in Dublin against Nebraska, which is pretty obvious that had more to do with Nebraska than it had to do with Northwestern. Uh, but they have 78 yards of offense right now, Ben, on 31 plays. So there's some three yards of play. Mm-hmm. Penn State has 202 yards of offense right now on 37 plays. Now, that's not earth-shattering by any stretch of the imagination. You're only at four and a, five and a half yards of play. But they're at least moving the ball. They had one drive derailed by an absolutely comically bad throw by Clifford, which then Halinski trumped him with an even worse throw and an interception three plays <laughs> later. But I, I would only look to lay Penn State here. I don't think Northwestern is sto- scoring in this game. Ben, what did you say the second half total was? I would imagine they brought uh, this thing in. We're sitting either 21 with some juice yeah, over they, or 21 and a half right now, which would put us at 35. So they brought this total in by three and a half, four points here. And that is correct based off of what we've seen from Northwestern. I don't know if I would go under 21 because that is a really low number. Maybe that juice 21 and a half, but I would look, if anything here, lay it with Penn State. Northwestern not scoring today. Ryan Holinsky, 3 of 11, 38 yards and one touchdown. Last time I checked, not an elite performance so far from the Northwestern signal caller. Another game just going to the half, and this is a side where so far, Paul, for you, you're looking like uh, you're on the right side. North Carolina has been absolutely dominant so far at home against Virginia Tech after giving up 45 at home to Notre Dame last week, only 10 for the Hokies on the road. Seeing UNC laying about two to two and a half right now, so 16, 16 and a half for the game, 27 your total after 34 points were scored in the first quarter. You'd given us earlier, Paul, kind of the two-tiered handicap. A, a bounce-back spot for North Carolina. B, a bet against Virginia Tech. Uh, so far, what's been the more predominant side of those two handicaps that, that to you has made the bigger difference in this opening half? Well, North Carolina, I think, as many of us expected, they've moved the ball against Virginia Tech. They've got 253 uh, total yards in the first half on 36 plays. They've, of course, scored 24 points. They added a field goal after Virginia Tech had uh, scored a touchdown to cut it to 21 to 10. Uh, North Carolina got the ball down the field very quickly, added a field goal for the 24 to 10 halftime lead. Uh, Virginia Tech, you know, obviously, again, North Carolina, not a strong uh, defense, but Virginia Tech has 191 yards. They've hit some big plays on the Tar Heels. So, you know, kind of going to form uh, to this point, it'll be interesting to see if, if North Carolina can keep the foot on the gas against the Hokies. Uh, but I anticipate North Carolina getting into the 40s uh, and covering this football game here. It has worked out so far to that side. Lang, nine and a half pregame. UNC well on its way as of right now. We'll get uh, back to the previews here for Paul in just a second since we have one game starting at the bottom of the hour. 5.30 Eastern kickoff between Cal and Wazoo. No play for Paul, but still want to get your insights uh, there in that matchup, Paul. 
for right now, Jeff, we'll see if there's still any in-game value or if we just wait till the half in this Alabama-Arkansas game. Arkansas and uh, Arkansas still without a point here. Two minutes to go and a, a possession just on the own side of the 50 right now for the Hogs. But Alabama has had now two different drives with a backup quarterback in here after Bryce Young was injured out back first to the injury tent, then to the Alabama locker room with a shoulder injury. Jalen Milrow, 3 of 5, 62 yards, one touchdown through the air, one touchdown through the ground. Has his performance at all dissuaded you, Jeff, from what we were talking about earlier and probably looking at in-game under where it sits right now, seeing 55 and a half. So it hasn't really changed much since the last time we were talking about it. About 90 seconds here to go until the half. I, I, would, I would wait until half now and see if Arkansas can punch a touchdown through here uh, with uh, a minute 14 to go. But... Look, Arkansas, and I can't believe I'm saying this about a, a Sam Pittman coach team. Razorbacks look soft, look soft today. And sure, Alabama's an awesome team. We know this. They're the preseason yeah. favorites for a reason. But I'm pretty disappointed in what the Hogs have brought. We're just supposed to be this tough-nosed team, and they've looked anything but so far today against Alabama. At least on the move for now, although K.J. Jefferson gets sacked. We crossed the one-minute mark to go there. Especially, too, if you're, I would say in general, Jeff, when you're looking for unders in these spots, with how helter-skelter the final stretches of these first halves are, if you're in a position where you kind of like an under anyway, I'm with you on, on this in general, Jeff. Just wait. Get to the half. Maybe you see another cheap score with a team in the two-minute drill trying to move the ball quickly and getting points. Uh, Arkansas takes its second time out, so we'll see if they're able to get more points uh, as of the, uh, the final stanza here of this first half. Uh, Paul, before we get to a break, though, your thoughts on Cal and Wazoo, a line where we haven't seen a whole lot of movement. Wazoo right now laying four in Pullman with both of these teams off pretty dramatic games from a week ago. If you look at how it all played out here, Cal pulling away to beat Arizona at home and Wazoo the epic against Oregon that comes up a little bit short losing by three. I know you don't have a play on this pregame, but what have you made of both of these teams so far? Yeah, this is a pretty difficult handicap in my opinion. First of all, Cal, you know, it hasn't been a real rigorous schedule to this point, but if they would have defeated Notre Dame in week three, they lost that game, I believe, 24-17. You know, they would be undefeated right now at 4-0. and zero. Uh, As it stands, they're 3-1. and one. Uh, Cal has been a very good uh, team in the underdog role under their head coach, Justin Wilcox. You look at Washington State and some of their uh, big offseason news was bringing in uh, Cameron Ward from FCS Incarnate Word there in the state of Texas. And Ward's kind of been lukewarm. He's kind of been up and down. A difficult loss for Washington State uh, last week, as you uh, mentioned. If forced, you know, I would have to take the points here. Cal's been good as an underdog, uh, like Wilcox in that role. So I would, uh, if forced to take a play, you know, maybe for a pizza, California plus mm -hmm. four. Justin Wilcox as an underdog as well, 24-9, 13 outright wins. How many coaches in college football can say they have that in their resume that Cal head coach Justin Wilcox does and has picked up a couple more of those underdog wins and covers so far in the early season? Uh, when we return, Paul still has three more games with plays. He's got to give out for all of you watching here on Live Bet Saturday. Three games we'll look at on the night card and also continue to update you on these games from the late afternoon window as we get closer and closer to halftime. That is all still to come in our final 45 minutes on the show here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID. So open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever you, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of MGM casinos on the Strip, that's where I am, the Mandalay Bay. Ben Wilson back with you on Live Bet Saturday. Three different halftime lines for us to get to this segment, as well as some previews from Paul Stone, our expert college football handicapper who's standing by at Circa. Jeff Parles at South Point. And I have to start, Jeff, with a pretty rough beat for you on your second half total. Under in Oregon State and Utah, it comes up a point and a half short, and largely because we saw, what, not one, not two, three red zone interceptions from Oregon State quarterbacking today. Not ideal. You know, I will say this. Uh, first off, the pre-flop over goes over. Second half uh, stays under, like you said. Utah, did that Pac-12 South all of a sudden? And, Paul, I'm curious to see, see what you think here. After UCLA, I, I know that that ended up being a one-score game. UCLA drilled Washington last night. The Washington got back in the game when UCLA went soft defensively. USC is undefeated, even though, for whatever reason, so, uh, some sharper betters don't seem to like them still. And then Utah, who was seemingly everyone on this network, loved them to win the Pac-12 before the year. Uh, Paul, this Pac-12 South all of a sudden has three teams that are pretty formidable now with the two LA teams and Utah. Yeah, you know, UCLA, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they had that close call against South Alabama of the, the Sun Belt Conference, and a lot of people were kind of referring to the Bruins as as pretenders, you know, kind of phonies. But last night, you know, in the Rose Bowl, boy, I tell you, they did come through in a big way, a very impressive performance against a Washington team that had really uh, looked uh, quite formidable to that point. So uh, a great victory for UCLA and uh, like you said, they might be the third entry. A lot of people have kind of billed this uh, as a USC versus Utah uh, competition for the division crown there. But UCLA now believe at 5-0, and they have to be uh, considered a, a threat to the supremacy there. Who knows? Maybe the Rose Bowl will start to get packed. If <laughs> They packed it in pretty well last night. <laughs> the fans at UCLA after the very sparse crowds to start the year. UCLA beginning the week with a win as an underdog. We've already had five dogs of the first 10 games in FBS versus FBF matchups get there outright already today. And that final, as we were just talking about, though, with Utah, one of the favorites that do cover, covering 10.5 over 55, 42-16 on top of Oregon State. Three halftime lines, though, right now. Paul, you're on the, you were on the right side of two of them. Jeff, you're on the right side with Kansas as well. So we start with Wake Forest 
on the road against Florida State. Demon Deacons go down 7-0 in this game, but Paul behind a couple touchdowns from Sam Hartman. It's been all Wake Forest since then, up two touchdowns at the break. What have you seen here so far? Yeah, just that uh, that Wake Forest offense just uh, kicking it in. I hadn't been able to watch that one too close, but, uh, you know, obviously an impressive uh, performance. Uh, again, just like the points here, saw these teams as being fairly even. But, you know, that Demon Deacon defense, they, uh, you know, sometimes they <laughs> giveth and taketh away. So the Seminoles certainly not out of the game at this point. will be interesting to see uh, what Jordan Travis and company for Florida State do coming out of the uh, halftime locker room there. Giveth and taketh. I think that's a good way to state the Wake Forest defense so far. Only giving up seven in a game that was lined 67 and a half of the total. Your second half total looking at 33 and a half. So that would uh, come out, correlate here to still about a touchdown below that full game total into the low 60s, about 61 and a half. Florida State lying, laying either three and a half or four right now for the second half. So that comes out to catching 10 or 10 and a half for the game right there. Uh, Jeff, how about the darlings out of the Big 12 this year? Kansas, slow start, scoreless first quarter, but Jayhawks score twice, getting into the end zone to take a 14-0 lead. Iowa State responds right before the end of the first half and gets a two-point conversion. So 14-8 Kansas at the half right now. It is Iowa State getting, I should say, laying two for the second half. So you're looking at KU minus four for the game. Either 27 and a half or 28 is your total right now after we get 22 first half points. Trending under that 58 and a half uh, closing number on the total, but have to be impressed, right, Jeff? Slow start for KU. They picked it up, though, in quarter number two. Yeah, Kansas is going to get the ball first in the second half as well. Uh, Iowa State's two-point conversion was a botched hold on a two-point conversion that the holder ran in. So there you oh, go. Oh, lovely. Very love lucky uh, a PAT <laughs> that should have resulted in zero that resulted in two for the Clones. Kansas also missed a 51-yard field goal in the last minute of the first half. I, look, I actually think uh, I, I think Kansas has been the better side in this game. If you look at the box score, neither team has really stopped either passing the ball. Iowa State's been pretty good passing, but Ben, they have negative 19 rushing yards. So the Kansas pass rush has done a good job getting sacks, that's the main reason uh, that you're seeing below water numbers right now for Iowa State, negative uh, 29 for Deckers, their QB. Uh, I would I would probably only look to taking Kansas in the second half. I, I, they have been the better side in this game. Wouldn't shock me if they come out of the half, get a touchdown, and you're looking at a 22-8, to eight, uh, assuming Leipold goes for two if they were to get a score. Uh, but I, I think the, Can the, the, Jay the Kansas Jayhawks have been the better team so far today, Ben, and this is this could set up a, a doozy next week in Lawrence where TCU and Kansas, if K KU can hold, would both be undefeated yeah. going into that game. What a doozy it would have it would be, and not a game we would have ever projected. To have <laughs> not quite. <laughs> the type of buildup going in. First team Kansas to go over its win total from the preseason, only two and a half. Here they are right now. Again, we talked about the halftime line. At this point, Iowa State laying either a point and a half or two down by six right now. A couple more halftime lines for us to get through right now. That's what we try to focus, our bread and butter here on Live Bet Saturday. When you have opportunities as bettors to get in, as we break down the box scores from around the country, they have gone to halftime in Fayetteville, Jeff, and a really good suggestion by you in our last segment. Hold off if you liked an in-game under on that Arkansas-Alabama spot with Arkansas having the ball driving inside two minutes because what happens? Razorbacks, they punch it in. 28-7 after an Arkansas touchdown. Haven't seen anything new, though, on the status of Bryce Young. Injured shoulder in the first half, goes to the medical tent, then helped immediately off into the team locker room, and we have not seen him emerge since then. However, two pretty productive drives out of the three led by backup quarterback Jalen Milrow. Three of five through the air with a touchdown. Also punched one in on the ground as well. And right now we're seeing Bama laying four and a half for the second half. Uh, Paul, you were you were figuring this total would get largely adjusted down, and we are seeing that. 24 and a half or 25, which does come out still to about 59 and a half or 60. So just a shade under that overall closing pregame total. You surprised, uh, Paul, it's not even lower here or did what you see out of the backup quarterback maybe change your opinion a little bit with how efficient uh, he was in Milrow since coming in? 
Well, Ben, I hate to be that guy. You know, I initially said, uh, you know, 21, maybe 20 and a half. And I meant to, when you came back to me a couple minutes ago, I meant to say, hey, I think it'll be between 24 and a half and 26 and a half. Just, just thinking about it a little bit more. But I think that's where it should be. You know, you've got an Alabama team okay. uh, that if they keep the lead, they're going to be more conservative. There's going to be fewer plays in the second half. So I think it's right where it needs to be. Arkansas, you know, as long as they're – as close as they are right now, they're going to throw the ball a little bit, you would think, uh, to try to extend the game. So the first, you know, five, six minutes of the second half will be quite telling as far as how that total uh, pans out, the second half total in this game. And it's anywhere right now. I see 124 shaded juice to the under, uh, a couple of 25s out there as well. And before we hit another break, Jeff, I want to get your quick thoughts here on another box score just going to the half. Michigan State, Maryland. Ugly start for the Spartans getting down two scores right out of the gates, but give head coach Mel Tucker and his team credit. Spartans fight back down by eight at the half right now, and it's Maryland laying a half point in the second half, pretty much reflecting your closing number of Maryland minus seven and a half. Correlates out to minus eight and a half for the game. 29 and a half the total here, Jeff. What have you made of this first half so far? Just going with the box score diving, it's uh, offense, offense, offense. <laughs> it's pretty simple there. Six and a half yards of play for Michigan State, 7.2 yards of play for Maryland. Both of those numbers well above average. Uh, I don't want either side. I, I wouldn't bother there. Uh, if anything, you go ahead with an in-game over. But, again, if Maryland gets out two scores, you could be looking at the game slowing down. It's one of those where you kind of missed the boat already. If you're sitting there with a pre-flop 58 on an over – you're sitting in good shape there. Yeah, 63 and a half now, your adjusted total. You know what we like to call that, Jeff? Happy action fun time, as our friend Wes Reynolds would say, when the two teams are doing nothing but scoring, at least to this point. 34 points there in the first half. One other game that has also just gone to the half, Ohio State got down early inside the first four minutes, 7-0. Buckeyes now 28-7 at the half, laying still 17 and a half. For the second half line, 26 is your total. We've got plays from Paul Stone coming back. Three games on the night slate. We'll get Paul's thoughts next year on Live Bet Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VSIN hockey season prep guide is available now with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, season-long trends to watch, plus three things every new NHL better should know. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get the hockey season prep guide at VEASAN by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We still have couple more segments though on this show live bet saturday presented by BetMGM, talking all things college football it's been such a pleasure as well having paul stone who you can follow at paul stone sports in with us giving his full breakdowns on all of these games still to come and paul as is tradition on these saturdays we still have more football we're not done yet even though it's been already a six seven hour day and let's go to the game in your home state tonight West Virginia and Texas, we've seen the movement come to the dog from Texas about minus 11 down to nine and a half point favorites here. Dana Holgerson, the head coach for West Virginia, making some waves with his interview comments the other day saying get any, at least you think about Dana Holgerson, the former coach for West Virginia, he's like, get the Art Bryles comments out of here. At the same time, though, it's been a, a new regime. Neil Brown has had his ups and downs for West Virginia, and this now number has gone all the way down to seven and a half, Paul. Uh, at this point, so much movement here, but is there still a side worth value to you in this spot? Yeah, I think there is, Ben. You know, first of all, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, like a lot of major college football coaches, he keeps, he keeps rather his injury situations close to the vest. He's not going to give you any hint uh, as to who's going to be available, who's not going to be available. I think early in the week there might have been some feeling that Quinn Ewers, uh, the starter, the opening game starter, who was injured late in the first quarter in week two against Alabama, might come back tonight against West Virginia. But the news has broke out of Austin. I think it started kind of leaking out yesterday afternoon uh, that folks were saying Ewers likely not, to not going to play against West Virginia. So, again, the quarterback for the Longhorns figures to be Hudson Card. 
Uh, also, the Longhorns' uh, top vertical threat, wide receiver Xavier Worthy. I think he's nursing a little bit of an ankle issue. It'll be interesting to see uh, what his level of play is. Texas still suspect on defense. And I think this West Virginia team, I think they're getting better with the new transfer quarterback, JT Daniels, who uh, came out to Morgantown to be reunited with his former offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, who he, he was with out at uh, Southern Cal. So West Virginia, you know, they played uh, Pitt the first week. That game could have gone either way. Got beat by Kansas in overtime, which is uh, we've come to find out that that's not just a horrible result. And then they dominated at Virginia Tech, winning by 23 points last week. So the money showed on West Virginia. I think it's an appropriate move. I took West Virginia here at Circa at the opener on Sunday, plus 11, plus 7.5, though I can still recommend it. I think West Virginia keeps this game within a touchdown. And we just saw, Jeff, you looked back at the, the extra rest, too, for West Virginia, having just played, you go, what, Thursday night, matchup as well, taking on the Hokies of Vatek and really dominated defensively in that spot. So how much confidence do you have now in Mountaineers based on the sample size we've had of the four games to this point? I don't. <laughs> That's the main reason that I uh, I stayed off of this game. It would have been way I, I don't want to – I don't really like either of these teams in the fashion that they're currently in right now because when Ewers comes back for Texas – I'm going to look at the Longhorns as a legitimate top 20 team, maybe even top 15. That offense with yours is really good. And it's no disrespect to Hudson Card. He's just nowhere near as good as yours mm -hmm. is. And for West Virginia, I, I thought Neil Brown was going to do a better job than he has in Morgantown so far. Uh, but this is a stay off for me. If you made me bet it, I would, I would take with West Virginia. I'm not sure Texas should be north of a touchdown in a conference game. Uh, basically against anyone in that conference at this point because the Big right. 12 top to bottom is the best league in the country at this rate. So uh, I, I, I would steer clear here in this one. Let's hit another conference game. This one, though, in the Pac-12. And, uh, Paul, something Jeff and I have talked about basically every week on this show is just how anemic Colorado is in general. We have not seen a Power 5 team look as bad as the Buffaloes have this year in some time. It's, it's basically the, the correlation of – Kansas in the mid-2010s with how awful that Jayhawk program at one point was. But Colorado has caught a little money coming in today on the road against Jed Fish's Arizona Wildcats, who opened up about an 18-point favorite, did come down here, seeing either 17 or 17 and a halves right now with a 59 and a half total in Tucson. Is there a side or a total that you're looking at in this position with these two struggling Pac-12 teams in Colorado and Arizona tonight? Well, there's a side I'm looking at, Ben, and, you know, you certainly won't always shop around for the best number. Uh, and Arizona at minus 17, I think, is worth a small play. You mentioned it. I mean, Colorado, probably uh, the worst Power 5 team in all of college football. Last week, they started Owen McCowan, McCown, rather a uh, true freshman, son of a longtime NFL quarterback, Josh McCown. So uh, Owen McCown, uh, McCown now starting for the Buffaloes. They don't have a whole lot of offense. Uh, Arizona does have some offense. Jaden Delora came over from Washington State. He's done a good job there. Had another huge pickup out of the portal. Wide receiver Jacob Cowing out of UTEP, who caught 69 balls last year for 1,354 yards. So Arizona can score. They scored 38 versus San Diego State. Uh, they scored 31 versus FCS Power North Dakota State. And then they scored 31 in the loss last week against Cal. So they can put up some numbers. I think they can cover this number. They also, something worth mentioning, I'm not a huge revenge guy, but Colorado last year is a six-point home favorite. They shut out Arizona 34 to nothing. Yeah. probably Arizona's low point of the 2021 season. So let's take a small position, if you can find it, on Arizona minus 17. Still see a couple shops, as you point out, Paul, that are offering Arizona with that 17-point that line as of right now, actually right behind you there, Paul, Circa. They've still got 17 on the board right now, Arizona and Colorado. Jeff, you were on the Wildcats last week, didn't get there against Cal. Would you be going back to the well in this spot for Jed Fish's Wildcats tonight? I don't want to bet Colorado, I can tell you that, Ben. That's my well, whole analysis on this game. Sure. I think that's a very concise and 
efficient and true analysis from uh, from one young Jeff Parles, Colorado and Arizona. We still have one more play to get here from Paul on one of these night matchups coming up as well tonight. But want to get a thought on the halftime going on in Starkville. Paul, you were all over this under coming out. 44 and a half, 45, 45 and a half. Uh, nothing from Texas A&M so far in quarterback Max Johnson, the second QB utilized by Jimbo Fisher, the head coach this year. Shut out in Stark Vegas. 14-0 for Mississippi State right now. And at the half, Mike Leach's club laying a half point, so up to 14.5 live. 21.5 is your second half total. So Jeff looking at 35.5 there for the game. And uh, we talked earlier, my question, Jeff, to Paul was, how much of this is smoke and mirrors with A&M? Well, the offense has not brought it there today against the Mississippi State team. Uh, Jeff, not exactly known for its defense, but Mike Leach's club coming ready to go out there today. Texas A&M isn't any good, guys. I, I, I know they're 3-1. and one. I know they beat Arkansas last week. I know they beat Miami the week before. Miami flipped around and got beat at home by Middle Tennessee State, the vaunted power that are the Blue Raiders. And then, uh, look, Arkansas... If they, if they don't have the ridiculous play where Jefferson tries to leap from the four and then the mid-return handoff by A&M for the scoop and score, Arkansas wins that game. So I, I've been thoroughly unimpressed with the Aggies. I, I'm not overly surprised that Mississippi State has handled their business so far in Stark Vegas. I mean, Paul, for A&M, Eight first downs, 106 total yards. Mac Johnson, five of eight uh, for 50. I know you've been you've been complimentary of what he has brought as a slight upgrade at the quarterback position, but as you I know have talked about before, it's not just the quarterback, right? It's the entire unit. And for A and M, uh, just getting absolutely nothing from that unit so far. Uh, you certainly feel like you're on the right side of that under 44 and a half, uh, 45 and a half pregame, but. I'd have to think under under nothing would be the look for the second half. Still at a 21, 21 and a half type spot. Like you said, I'll tell you, Ben, 106 yards for the Aggies in the first half on 23 plays. When, when you don't have a passing game in the SEC and you just have to run the ball and the team can stack the box, uh, it's, it's very difficult to move the ball. And, you know, Mississippi State's got a pretty decent uh, defense. I think they've got a, you know, if you look at the last, the, the first four opponents for A&M, Sam Houston State, Appalachian State, Miami, and Arkansas, Mississippi State probably has the best defense uh, that A&M's faced all year. So uh, not surprising. It'll be interesting to see if the Aggies can muster any offense in the second half. Uh, but this just looks like a really low-scoring game again for the Aggies. Meanwhile, bunch of contests we were talking about earlier at the half, now back underway. And some of the scoring to update you on, Wake Forest has continued to pummel Florida State, make it 28 unanswered for quarterback Sam Hartman and Wake Forest. Demon Deacons up 28-7 right now. And now in a position laying 10.5 live there. Live total at 61.5. As far as the other scores, North Carolina has punched it in again against Va Tech. 31-10 for UNC on top of the Hokies. Well on their way to covering the 9.5. Live numbers down on that game right now. And they're back underway in Fayetteville. 28-7 between Alabama and Arkansas. One more pick, though, from Paul Stone when we return as we wrap things up next here on Live Bet Saturday. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we welcome you back for the final time to Live Bet Saturday, big thanks to the entire crew for putting, as always, a big show on from across Las Vegas, led by our producer Matt Santos at South Point, Liz, Matt, Sean, all, all doing great work behind the scenes at South Point, Aramis and Dez with me at Mandalay Bay, Jeremy over at Circa. A big shout-out to all those behind the scenes. And thanks as well to Paul Stone. Uh, for, Paul, for doing this today, for hanging out with us, on a college football Saturday for three hours. Been an absolute blast getting your insights, Paul. And we've got one more play still to come uh, for Paul here, this final segment on the Indiana-Nebraska matchup. We'll get to that in just a second. First, though, Jeff, I wanted to make sure we get the update injury-wise in Fayetteville. Bryce Young, he's on the sidelines with his helmet wearing. He's wearing his helmet now. It's on. But there's a little bit more to the story here as that second half is now underway. Bama's still up by three touchdowns. Yeah, Young had his helmet on, but he didn't return. Alabama's about to punt. Uh, Arkansas went three and out. Now Bama goes three and out right on top of them. Uh, still 28-7 to and probably at least, again, the only problem is they've gone three and out combined uh, in less than five minutes. So uh, uh, that second half under looks okay early on here, Ben. 55 and a half. Now you're adjusted in game total there. Alabama laying 24 and a half. So again, while Bryce Young does have the helmet on, back on the sidelines, has not come back into the game. No indication that he will as of yet with three, the three touchdown lead for Alabama. Okay, to the remainder of the night slate. Paul, this is a game, Indiana and Nebraska, that opened Huskers laying two or two and a half. It is zoomed all the way up to Nebraska laying little bit south of a touchdown. It's five and a half right now. Start with this. Warranted uh, that line move here for, for the Huskers in this spot uh, specifically? And uh, what's, your, what's your play if you're looking at a spot, what to do with this matchup in Indiana and Nebraska tonight? Well, as far as the side, I mean, I'm, I'll kind of comment as, as Jeff did on the Arizona-Colorado game. I think he said, you know, he's not betting Colorado under any circumstances. I don't think I'm laying points with Nebraska uh, in a conference game under any circumstances. So I really don't have an opinion uh, on the move towards Nebraska. I think that's more a reflection on Indiana uh, than on Nebraska. But I looked at the total here. And when you look at totals, you know, one of the things that you have to really consider is pace of play. 
uh, you know, more specifically the number of plays that you're anticipating. And you look at this Indiana team since new offensive coordinator Walt Bell took over, uh, who was formerly head coach at UMass. Small sample size. They've only played, I guess, three games, but 93.7 plays per game for Indiana, which is really a lot. Nebraska, meanwhile, they've averaged 79.3 plays per game. Going to be lots of plays. You look at this Nebraska defense, they obviously have been very, very porous throughout the year. Out of 131 FBS teams, Nebraska 131st in total defense, allowing 583 yards per game, 6.8 yards per play. So I think Indiana is going to be able to move the ball. I think Nebraska can move the ball as well. I played this game, I think now it might be 61 and a half, but I played Indiana and Nebraska a little bit earlier in the week to go over 60 and a half and still certainly like the game to go over 61 and a half. And yeah, as you point out, Paul, has not moved a whole lot, only about a point up. Still find plenty of 61 and a halves out there right now. Uh, and you think about, uh, Jeff, it, it's funny how matchups like these, it, you could make the argument that betting either of these sides is just like totally anathema to anything you would want to do as a sports better, playing, playing a team with either of these teams with all sorts of issues on both sides of the ball. Over to me looks seem, would seem, and Paul laid it out for the case for it, would seem like a pretty nice alternative here, Jeff, as opposed to playing a side. What was that word you used? Anathema. Okay. You're not familiar right. with that? I'm making, making sure I heard you correctly. I boy, get, boy. You know I get one, one, <laughs> you, I get one big word a show. Uh, okay. Uh, you, you've come to know uh, that. You, you, you're, you're, you're in the 3% there, Ben. Uh, the, uh, uh, all right. <laughs> the, Paul knew what I was saying. <laughs> Clearly. The, look, both of these teams stink. This was originally going to be the fire, <laughs> the fire Scott Frost day. Remember, before they had enough after losing to Georgia Southern, I, you know, I actually looked at the over as well. I just couldn't get there. Uh, usually, with two bad teams, you usually look at the defenses underperforming. Uh, the big question here is: Are you going to get enough out of Connor Bazelak? Who, yes, they started three and zero. Yes, they beat Illinois on a last-minute drive. Yes, they came from behind against Western Kentucky, but Indiana really should be one and three right now going into this game. Uh, so, I, no, no play for me. But you're dealing with probably the two worst teams in the Big Ten. I know Rutgers still exists, but they're better than both of these teams. Enjoy the sweat if you were going to play a side. At least the play for Paul Stone over 61 and a half. The big cheer behind me. We have the open open window uh, broadcast position hey, hey, here Arkansas at Mandalay did Bay. Big. Big, big play down the middle for Arkansas on a pitch and catch. Razorbacks driving inside the Alabama 35. Longest play of the day for Arkansas, 36 yards. But Hogs still down, 28-7 right now and catching 21 and a half live. That total, we've been monitoring that total all day today, 56 and a half right now. Uh, we'll get to a couple other thoughts, even though, Paul, you've done a great job giving out all your plays you've got for the rest of the card uh, tonight. But still some interesting matchups still to go here and we'll see where the where the thought lies. Uh, LSU Auburn kicks off. This is coming up in just over an hour. This will be the next game to kick off in the FBS versus FBFs matchups involving Power Five teams here. So it's eight or eight and a half for Brian Kelly and his LSU Tigers laying it against Brian Harson's Auburn Tigers in this spot. We had the conversation last week, Paul, about how for Brian Harson. Clearly seems like the wrong guy for the job so far. Most of the reports coming out of Auburn were that he would have been on the chopping block had the Tigers lost that game to Missouri a week ago. But there's obvious flaws with both of these teams. I'd imagine that's a big reason why you're staying off this game, especially from the, not from the side perspective here, with it being eight or eight and a half. What do you make of these two teams so far from what you've seen? You know, Ben, this is really a tough handicap. I mean, Auburn... Should have lost the game last week against Missouri. You know, they were fortunate they could have hypothetical. You know, they could have lost to San Jose State a couple of weeks before that. So this is a an Auburn team that's just not a very good football team. You know, if they didn't have Auburn on the front of the, the jersey, uh, we'd probably <laughs> right. be thinking even less of them. Uh, LSU, though, laying eight on the road. I think one thing about LSU, obviously with a first-year head coach in Brian Kelly, uh, a transfer quarterback in Jaden Daniels, uh, they've had some injuries. They've got a still-developing offensive line. I think this LSU team, with all those dynamics, is going to be a club that will continue to get better as we go through the season. So, you know, it'd be LSU or nothing for me. But in my case, it's going to be nothing 
and I'll be watching the game with, uh, you know, one eye on other games and one eye keeping up with the, uh, the Tigers and the Tigers there. Seems like a sound strategy at uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium tonight. 45 is the total there. Any, any thought on that uh, matchup, Jeff, after you and I watched very vociferously the Auburn performance last week against Mizzou? The Tigers will be victorious, Ben. That's my there only thought. But, you know, I really, I really, I really want to bet Auburn here. I just can't bring myself to do it because Brian Harson was gone. Like, if, if Mevis makes that kick, it's a new era in Auburn already. So that kind of feels like you got to – I know it's a, a potentially a, a, a fired coach walking there, but you're asking LSU to win by more than the touchdown on the road in conference? That's pretty tough. Arkansas just scored, by the way. That's pretty loud there at Mandalay Bay, Ben Wilson. Uh, if you ever want to know if a team is a public dog, just yeah, just <laughs> open up the windows behind me and let him run a big play into the end zone, and then you'll find out. Yes, basically every cheer – has been woo pig behind me at Mandalay Bay. At least at MGM today, a third highest team based on handle getting the money. Arkansas plus the 17 at close here against Alabama. And they do punch it in. So making a charge in the second half, PAT pending for Arkansas to make this a 28-14 game. And the PAT is good. Seven and a half minutes to play in the third quarter, covering for both uh, Jeff and Paul. Real quick as we wrap up the show, our pro tip of the hour, which we have for you at vcin.com, our pro subscribers. With these games coming up to halftime, we've talked about this a bunch today, pay attention to box scores and look for the games that don't necessarily match the scoreline you're seeing so far. It can be deceiving sometimes how the game is actually playing out, potential value to be had in-game. Uh, Paul Stone, this has been an absolute blast having you along, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a great having you. Great having Jeff Parles as well. We can't thank both of you guys enough. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Fun show as always, gentlemen. Happy action fun time, as Jeff Parles always says. This is Live Bet Saturday as we say so long from VSIN, the sports betting network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.